It is week two NCAA in the books, and the Pitt Panthers are dead. Put them in a body bag. They're dead. Your Penn State Nittany Lions improved to 2-0 with a much-needed statement win. We've got weekly awards. We're going to break down the entire game. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. It is Monday, September 10th, and the Nittany Lions are 2-0. I am in a much better mood recording this podcast than I was last week. Pat, how are you feeling? Oh, my God. It's hard to not be happy with what just happened this Saturday. I'll find a couple things to be unhappy about, but overall, very very content. Yeah, and it's funny. We talked on we talked on the preview how this is not a rivalry and, and we're not we don't see it as a rivalry. As soon as that ball was kicked off, I was like, let's go. I want to just demolish these fools and much needed. 51 to 6. Uh started out a little slow and we'll get to that, but overall just a really, really impressive win on the road in shitty, shitty weather. Um, very happy with with our guys. So Last week uh, for the game, we went through our, our good, bad, and the ugly for, for each of the three phases. And I don't think there's that much bad and ugly this week, so I don't think we quite need to do that. Yeah. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, anyone who is a new listener or, or any listener at all, because this is only the second time we're doing this, uh, we're going to do our weekly awards. So every week we are going to give out our lion and our lamb. So that's your most valuable player and your least valuable, somebody who had a particularly bad week or, or just needs to step it up. So... We'll go through those, see where that conversation takes us, and then and then talk through the rest of the game. So, Pat, hit us with your lion. Who's your MVP this week? Got to be KJ Hamler. Um, he was definitely he was our biggest presence as a receiver. Forty yards, touchdown, but also a thirty-two yard run for a touchdown, and the kid just looked great all game. Yeah, he really did. Um, so I read I read a stat. He's the first receiver to have a rushing and a receiving since. Do you know who? Derek Williams. Derek Williams. There you go. I think it was. I think it was in two thousand and eight. Um, and that's that. Put my put my brain in a pretzel for a little bit because when I read it, I thought I it said Derek first. Well, I love Derek Williams. Yeah, but I thought yeah. it said first player to do that. And I'm sitting there going, I'm sure Saquon did it. I know Saquon yeah. did it. So I had to re- look back first receiver to do it uh, since Derek Williams, which is which is real cool. And yeah, I mean, two games in, KJ Hamler is is getting some recognition. He's a, a contender for I think this was the Paul. Hornug Award of the Week or something like that for most versatile player. Sure. Um, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong too, but yeah, he's a, he's a playmaker, man. Get the ball in his hands and see what happens. All right. Um, my line, anything else on KJ before I move forward? Yeah, that's all I need to say. He's just a man. All right. So my line is running back number 24, Miles Sanders. Finishes the day. Um, we talked, we talked about this being a huge game for him in pit at his own hometown finishes the day with 16 carries for 118 yards. Uh, didn't get into the end zone. Is that right? That Rushing? Wow. Okay. I thought he had one, um, but one, uh, one reception, six yards. The, the thing I'll say about this is you take away he had two, a couple of big games get called back. Yeah. Right? You take away those two penalties and you're looking at, I mean, this guy's 200, 250 all purpose yards at that point. I mean, the one run was about to be probably about an 80 yarder. Um, that one I'm a, I'm a little bit upset about because I watched it back a couple times and it was a block in the back or whatever. Sorry, and, 
Yeah. And Franklin said it. He's like, he's like, uh, you know, it was close, but you can't even put your hands on the guy. You know, shouldn't have done that. I don't even see the contact. So here nor there. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that run is it was awesome to see him. I mean, we were pinned on our own like two yard line or something like that. He takes off. It's getting towards the end of the run and it kind of just veered out of bounds. I feel like, I feel like I would, I wanted to see him like take that to the house. Like, I don't know if he was just gassed. I don't know if he's I think he was off bounds. All right. I'll give it to you. Um, but that one was unfortunate. And then the the swing pass where uh, Jawan got called for, what was it even? Like an illegal pick or something like that? Yeah, again, it was kind of, it's kind of a weak call because it seemed like the linebacker initiated the contact. But it's, again, it's kind of the same explanation that Franklin gave for the block in the back is you can't even be there to let that happen. He kind of did get in the guy's way. Yeah, and, and Franklin admitted that that one was a good call. He, he said, it, you know, can't make that happen. But, I mean, I don't think Juwan needed to do that for the play to work. Like, I think if he just did... No, no, not at all. Yeah, if he just did his normal, like, just stand there and make sure the guy doesn't get through kind of thing, I think Miles goes for six regardless. It's really, really good play call, really nice, um, well-developed play. <laughs> Offensive line blocked it well. So, overall, like I said, Miles, this is his first 100-yard game, I believe. Yeah, his um, career. Yeah, first 100-yard game could have been even more. And, and like I said, I, I think it just goes to show that, yes, it's you know it's it's always tough losing Saquon Barkley, but this guy is up for the challenge, ready to do it. Um, as good of a replacement as you can have. Yeah, and one thing I'll say is uh, I hate seeing people on Twitter um, talk about, like I've seen several tweets of, wow, Miles is amazing. We don't need Saquon. It's like, dude, you can congratulate Juan without yeah, shooting like, him. Like, he's in the NFL. He's number two overall pick. You don't need to say that. And so, had one call the week one. Yeah. Hey, it was a 68 to the house. Yep. So um, last thing I'll say about Miles is uh, his post-game interview. Did you see it at all? No. So he's on the field after the game. Um, I forget who was interviewing him. Uh, I saw it. I couldn't really yeah. Some, some woman was interviewing him and, and she was trying was to. Holly Rowe. Yeah, exactly. Holly Rowe. So um, she was trying to, I don't want to say bait because it's not a negative word, but she was trying to get him to say. To talk about Saquon? No, not even Saquon, about Pittsburgh and being at oh, home okay. and all of that. And, I mean, the kid is just so humble. Like, first thing he said before anything, he's like, man, I just want to thank my old line. Like, all credit to the world. Couldn't do it without them. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, good thing to say, but you could tell he meant it. Of course. And then every time she would ask him a question, he was just, man, I'm just happy we came away with a W. You know, worked as a team, happy we came away with a W. And he said it, like, over and over. And you could tell he knows how to interview, obviously. But yeah. at the same time, like, you can tell he, like, he just wants to win. And I don't know. I think that's something that I've always liked about him. Um, I remember watching... I remember watching his high school like highlight reel because obviously he was the number one guy coming in. I wanted to see what mm -hmm. we were getting. And one thing that always stood stood out to me more than three years ago at this point is after every single play in his high school film, whether it was, you know, touchdown, tackle, pushed out of bounds, he would get up, like find the ref and hand the ball to him. And I just thought that was so cool. Like, you yeah, you don't see that Sanders a lot. Kind of guy. Right. So we talk a lot about how Penn State is, you know great on and off the field. That's that's the standard. So Miles Sanders, one of those guys. He's he's my guy. True Penn Stater. He is my lion for the week. So Miles, awesome game. Um, very excited to see him continue to build upon this. So with that, we flip to our lamb. Like we said, this is not not something that you always want to talk about, but hey, even in a 51 to 6, there there's some opportunities. So gotta talk to somebody who is your lamb. Uh, so the guy who's getting it two weeks running Ooh. from each of us now in Juwan Johnson. And uh, if you look at his stat line at two receptions, 23 yards. It's not that far off of the guy named my lion who got three receptions for 40, <laughs> except for the fact that he has no touchdowns. Uh, he had another what, two drops maybe. Yeah. At least is. one. Yep. Uh, and he, he just, for most of the game, he seemed like a complete non-factor. Uh, 
just kind of asking asking myself like the whole time, where is Juwan in all this? Like, why isn't anything happening? And I would say he's getting it more because now it's two weeks in a not because this was such a bad performance, but because now it's two weeks in a row, in a row that it was underwhelming performance. And he's supposed to be the guy. Yeah, and I think that's the most concerning thing is, you know, I think one thing that's been exciting as a Penn State fan coming into this season is the, the depth at wide receiver. You're like, hey, Jawan's going to be the guy, but there's so many others. It's going to be really fun mm-hmm. to see them all involved. And Jawan's just not there. He's not existent. Uh, we, we joked around. I wanted to, you know, put up a, like a missing persons poster with his face on it. It's yeah. like we want him to do well so bad and we want him to succeed. And I don't know. I don't know what the miss is right now. If there's, you know, miscommunication between him and Trace, if they're just not on the same level, if he's... I mean, at the beginning of the season, like, or preseason, we were talking about how we might have to worry about him leaving for the NFL after the season because we think he's that good of a receiver. He has shown none of that. Yeah, and that's that's scary for, for his future, I would say. Not so much, I mean, if he leaves, he leaves. But, yeah, I mean, he can come back for another year. We're two games into the season. I don't want to get, like, too far ahead of ourselves there, but... Of course. You're trying to put together a tape for teams to take a look at you. It's, it's not the best product you're putting out right now. No, I mean, it's, like I said, it's one of those things that's just a little... Now that it's two games in, it's not just the first game, and again another drop this week, I'm not by any means saying this kid isn't good. Right. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I still think he is an incredible talent, but i got to start seeing something a little more. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and and the good thing is, you know, we've got we've got two more. Um, hopefully, you know, I don't want to say easy, but uh, opportunistic opponents coming up in in Kent State and Illinois. And you just hope that they find their group before we go into you know that that tough part of the conference schedule. There. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we're we're starting off basically our first real game, like our first real test is against the best team we're playing all season. Yeah, and they look damn good. Yeah, and there's you want to be firing on all cylinders when you walk in. To Beaver Stadium, that whiteout that night. You don't want to be like, "Hey, is he going to show up tonight? Who's going to be there?" Like, no, you want to be like, "All right, all these guys are primed, ready to go. We've got this. Who's the better team?" Yeah, completely agree. Um, and and I'll, I'll segue there into my lamb is is going to be another wide receiver, and this is kind of a weird choice for my award because the guy did return a punt to the house for a touchdown, but. My lamb of the week is going to be DeAndre Tompkins. Uh, we are two games into the season. He is our starting wide receiver opposite for Jawan. Do you know how many catches he has in the season right now? One. Zero. Oh, we didn't get any against? None. Oh, wow. He has zero receptions right now. I thought he had one in the first game. I, I mean, I'll double check it, but from from the you know in-depth research that I did before we started this, it's just that's scary to me. Like he had um, at least two drops this game. I think three. I think he had three total. One of them was a touchdown. It was in the end zone, hit him in the hands. It was, I'll say this, he was, you know, arms outstretched. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a layup, but you're a top Big Ten wide receiver. Ball hits you in the hands yeah. in the end zone. I'm not saying I would make that catch, but I'm not saying I can't. I would give you like a like a 65% chance on that yeah. ball. Like it, it's hitting you in the hands. You're, there's no one on you. Pat, I got faith in you, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, DeAndre, uh, so, so let me, like I said, let me say the positive. Punt return for touchdown was awesome. That was a terrible punt by Pitt, yeah. and he um, just took it to the house. The coverage was even worse. Yeah, you see what a great athlete he is and how much he should – if anything, that punt return shows you how much he should be doing that he hasn't so far. Exactly, and that's that's kind of what it has me thinking. Same thing with Jawan. It's like, why are they not connecting, right? It's not like we're playing these lockdown defenses that are just taking our top options away, and that's why KJ's, you know, getting all the balls. It's He's making he's the most. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So – 
couple drops for DeAndre, zero reception so far. Um, and if you look at the, the depth chart came out today for this week, he's actually listed as an or for that starting wide receiver spot. So Franklin will do that when he has two guys that are kind of on the same level. Mm -hmm. So it's him and I think Brandon Polk listed as like co-starters. Went to high school with Curtis, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, Briar, Briarwood something or? I don't, know. I don't know. They're in Virginia. Uh, I'll look it up. But yeah, um, so DeAndre, DeAndre is, is my lamb. Um, I, th I think both of both of these, like I said, we just we want to see them get going. We've got Kent State next week. There's potentially some shitty weather again. Um, they're saying it might be raining, which would be really unfortunate. I, I mean, it rained a little bit in App State, I think. And then it was ugly as hell in the pit. And now third game in a row. Hopefully the weather's not too bad. Um, but let's let's stay in some of the negative here before we talk about all the good. Um, so we, we have a segment called We Won, but that wasn't fun. Um, so we, we talked about our lambs, but there are a couple other things, I think, in this game that we that we have to address that just weren't good. Um, so so I think we talked about the drops, but I'm just talking about ball control in general. So our guy, Ricky Slade, true freshman, five-star runner. Explosive guy. Two fumbles on the day, both, both overturned. Um, yeah, just uh, – that's actually one that really worries me because that is, that's a thing that can be an issue coming from high school where this kid is so much better than the rest of his competition to college where now it's not going to be that way anymore. Is he a fumbler? Right. Like that, as, as just a great athlete, that might not get exposed in high school. I hope it's not the case. We'll see. Yeah, because you're right. In, in high school, when you're just that much faster than everyone, you're not getting hit as much. And it, it happens. But um, if you remember, Miles dealt with this his freshman year, too. Uh, you know, he, he had a couple opportunities to come in and, and mop up, uh, you know, Saquon's, you know, once the, the game was out of hand. And he fumbled a couple of times and didn't really get a whole lot of opportunities after that. So I hope that Franklin continues to, to kind of let him feel it out, especially in these next couple of games. So, like, what you kind of brought up is actually a bigger thing to me more than then I believe that this kid might be a fumbler is has he blown his chance a little bit to show what he's made of? Does he not have the trust of the coaching staff now to maybe get the playing time that would help the team the most? That's a little more worrisome. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point. I, I agree because it's, it's really tough. Cause if you look back and I, I didn't do a full rewatch of the game, I was a little hungover on Sunday. Sorry guys. Um, but it's raining like crazy. He's, it's not like he's holding the ball like a loaf of bread. Like he got popped and the ball came out. Yeah. But it happened twice, which you don't want yes. to see. Um, it, it looks like the, on the stat sheet, John Holland had a fumble as well. We didn't lose it. Um, I don't really remember that one particularly. but um, And then we recovered two fumbles from them. So all in all, five fumbles in the game. Again, it's not not necessarily the player. But when you see two from one player, it's a little. In limited touches, right? How many? Yeah. I mean, how many carries did he have? Let's see. Three or four. Penn State rushing, Ricky Slade, four carries for 13 yards with two fumbles. Not great. Not great. Um, so, yeah, that one that one was a, a little tough to, to swallow. And I think uh, I think the other one that, I, that I'll talk about here in the not great category is slow start. Um, you know, we, we saw this with App State. We've seen this in the past couple of years, really, how – I mean, was it last year or even the year before? It was where we two were years ago when we were a second a half, second half team. team. And we just never did anything in the first half. Well, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to I, – I thought we sort of corrected that last season. Um, it's one of those things you don't want to have to depend on a huge second half. Like, it's fun. Like, remember when we beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championships? It was fun coming out there and really looking – like, really getting that comeback in the second half. And being a comeback team is always fun. But I'd rather just play well the whole game. Yeah, I, I – 
I, I think it's super worrisome as we get into the conference play of Ohio State and Michigan. Um, Michigan looked really good this week. They're, I mean, they're playing Western Michigan, so take it for what you will, kind of how we're playing Pitt. But they looked much better than the week before. Um, it's just it's not going to cut it when when you've got teams that are powerhouses that can score at will. I mean, some of these games are going to be shootouts, and depending on you know one or two stops, it's if you can't go get going until after halftime, it's going to be trouble. mightily hard to get out of. Um, and especially because our defense, though not letting up a lot of points most of the time. Is not a dominant defense. It's a it's a bend not break defense, and it works out for us usually. But there are teams that might be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, the Big Ten, I, I think, not as good of a week this week, but still, there there's some teams in this conference that are playing above what we thought. There are some teams that are a little bit surprising. Maryland, I think, had another pretty good win. I'm not saying I'm worried about a Maryland team, but I'm just saying I I think coming into this season, I was. Not worried at all about the offense, and now I'm, I'm I'm slightly worried, which is kind of funny to say after we put up 51 points. I know, but it was like that first half was slow. I we remember like seeing it. We were, we were sitting at the bar. I, I looked over to you and I said, "This is gonna be a long season, isn't it?" Yeah, and it kind of felt that way. And then, the and of course, half. the second half was amazing. Yep, exactly. So let's jump into that. Um, all right, no, I lied. One more negative: the rushing yards. Yeah. So I'm gonna get into this in depth and what I really think about it in our. Uh, good, bad, ugly. Okay. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that's certainly a one. We won, but it wasn't fun, giving up 200 rushing yards. 245 on the ground. Um, the one dude, Quadri Allison, had 119, uh, and then one, two, three, four other guys had 25-plus. So how much, how much did the quarterback have? Uh, had uh, 14 carries for only 30 yards, actually. That's probably because we sacked him like five times. Very true. Yeah, offsetted it. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, I think uh, – do we want to just go into some good, bad, ugly? I don't have a whole lot for that. Uh, but... Do we have our Big Ten Bozo and Baller? Yeah, let's save that to the end. Guys, this is great radio. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's do this. Let's. Uh, I'm going to give you a good, and then I, I don't have anything prepared, so I'm just going to do this. By the way, um, he lost 40, 31 yards in sacks, so that means he rushed for like 60 yards. Okay, got it. All right, so let's start with a good. What's your, what's your good of the week here? Uh, good of the week? Our D-backs, man. Our defensive backs looked amazing. Yeah. Absolutely dominant. Had the interception and just all around played a shutdown game. Now, granted, not against the probably the best passing quarterback you're ever going to see, but I don't care if you're playing a guy who, you know, is supposed to be able to pass the college level and shut him down. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I mean, 55 yards in the air is just laughable. Um, and, and we said that. We said, like, hey, this is not a potent offense. Like, shut down the run and make them beat us at the pass, which didn't quite happen, shutting down the run. Yep. But you hold a guy to 55, then you feel pretty good about that. Um, I'm going to stay with the defense. I'm going to say my good is that defensive line, man. Four sacks, 10 tackles for loss. Uh, call it the front seven, if you will, because everybody was in that backfield. Yeah. But, man, that was uh, that was really promising to see. So you see Kevin Givens back, and, I mean, he was just – he was a monster. Um, his his numbers, uh, seven total tackles, which actually led the team, um, tied with Micah Parsons. Two tackles for loss, one quarterback hurry. And I think I think he reminds me a lot of uh, Austin Johnson, who, who played with Anthony Zettel. And Zettel, Zettel got all the stats, but Austin Johnson was that just big body in the middle that would blow up the plays in the backfield. And I saw a lot of that from Kevin Givens. So 
really good to see that. Um, Jan Johnson had half a sack. Eater had half a sack. Sharif had one. Daniel Joseph had one. Like I said, everyone seemed to be in the backfield, and it just it felt like we were really getting pressure, which we didn't see a whole lot at App State. So yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's I love good. watching Micah. Micah Parsons is so much fun to watch. He's just always near the play, man. Just one of those guys. He's got a nose for the for the play. He is, and man, he's uh, the more you watch him, he's just so athletic. It's unreal. He's gonna be great. He really is. So he's. I think he's still listed as the backup on on this um, depth chart, but. Uh, what you see with the linebackers is a ton of rotation. Um, yeah, I'm fine it, with that. yeah at, at this point, I mean, it's great. Jan Johnson's still holding it down for us. You know, Cam Brown doing well, Jarvis Miller doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that you see a lot of those guys in there, and I think they're going to find whatever the best three looks like, hopefully by that week five with Ohio State. And, and you're going in there feeling a little bit more confident. I think we're still going to see a lot of rotation by then. Yeah, I, I, I maybe – Maybe I, maybe what I mean is like less rotation. It felt like this yeah. time um, right. I was reading uh, The Athletic. Again, shout out to Audrey Snyder. She's fantastic. Um, but she broke it down here. And, I mean, there are 16 different defensive series and almost 16 different lineups. Um, series one, Cam Brown, Jan Johnson, Coa Farmer. Next one, Brown, Johnson, and Micah. Next one, Jarvis Miller, Ellis Brooks, and Coa Farmer. And it's just they just keep cycling them over and over and over again. So – I want to see some stability where I know, like, hey, these are my best three on the field, and I feel confident about that. So, shout out to the front seven, though. Really, really happy. And, I mean, just our defense. Take away that abysmal fourth quarter in App State, and we've let up nine points all year. It's it's pretty damn good. Fair enough. All right, you got a bad for us? Um, Bad is going to be a very specific thing about our defensive line. So, overall, very good performance from But we talked about that 200 yards rushing. And to me, it seemed like a lot of that is because of the way our defensive line gets pressure. Um, it's a lot of straightforward bull rushing. Um, and oftentimes what will happen with that, especially with, it can create a big pocket because guys can get pushed out. And you see defensive linemen actually sort of overrush the quarterback. And now he it's very easy for him to scramble for six yards, uh, first down, 15 yards, whatever, whatever you're looking at there. And so partially that's bad by our defensive line, again, because it's not just it's just not the smartest way to play. Um, you're going to have to see some improvement there. But I also call that a little bad by our coaching that we don't have – it seemed like we never had someone there even playing like a QB spy, which seemed like the only thing that was beating us all day, and it should have been happening. And on a day where they only got 55 yards passing the entire day, a QB spy seemed a little obvious to me. Yeah, I don't hate that take, and, and I go back and forth because I really, I really love our defensive line, and I want because like I love the Wild Dogs, I love Coach Spencer, like I just I love that. Yeah, they, they've got a good thing going, and I was I was very happy to see that. But then you just hit me with some truth and made me feel bad about it. Um, yeah, it's an interesting take, and and I think um, Franklin addressed this in his post game presser too. They uh, there was a question that they asked him about, you know, what was the what was the the difference in the second half? Because they, I guess they said second half we were able to shut down shut down the rush a bit more. I don't know what the exact break is, but he went into like a very technical description of it about how the DNs were spilling over and they weren't cutting inside and pretty much exactly what you just described. So if comedy doesn't work out for you, I think you got a job as yeah. an assistant coach on James. I, I, I do think I do think it's correctable though. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, you have a couple of couple of easier matchups coming up and. Hopefully, this is where they figure that out. Indeed. 
All right, my bad, um, and again, I'm making this up on the spot, so uh, thank you, fans, for, for listening. I'm going to go with offensive third down efficiency. Oh, uh, that's a good call. Yeah, so do you know what our third down efficiency was for this game? Um, I'll give you this. We had 12 attempts on third down. How many do you think we converted? Four. Hit the nail on the head. Four for 12. I'm, um, I'm looking at it right now. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought you actually guessed it. Mm, let me see. Hmm. We should have like trivia rules. You can't have your smartphone out when I, I ask fun questions. Um, yeah, and I, I don't want to say like Trace was bad by any means because he wasn't. Um, but if you look at his stat line, uh, 14 for 30, so just under 50% completion if my math is correct. 145 yards, uh, two touchdowns, which is fantastic, and another one on the ground. But yeah, the third down conversion worries me a little bit. And I think a couple of those were drops on the on third down. Yeah, I would say I would say at least three of them because I know Juwan had one, DeAndre had one, and KJ had one. I believe all three Which were on third down. I mean, seven for twelve is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I would take that most weeks in the season. Um, but but I do worry a bit that we're not seeing like Trace's numbers pop yet. He's still winning the games yeah. and he's still doing what he needs to do. Um, but I mean, if you want to talk about a Heisman campaign, which I do, because I really want him to be involved. The Heisman seems like a long shot. Yeah, well, when you got yard when you got guys that are putting up four hundred and four touchdowns, it's it's hard to catch that. And Oftentimes, there's no room for an off week in a Heisman campaign. Yeah, and and I think honestly, I think what it's going to come down to for Trace, if he's even like in the conversation, is how he plays in those big games. Um, I don't think it's going to be so much stats for him, just because of how this offense is kind of running right now where you've, yeah. you've got the rushing attack going, you've got some other things to do. Um, so, so even that thing aside, I, I just, I, again, I think four for 12 is not going to win new games and tough battles. Um, take the rain away, take whatever, but you got to be better than four. You got to be better. Good point. Simple as that. All right. So that was the good, the bad. Do you have an ugly for us? I do. And it's the Pittsburgh Panthers. <laughs> They I love it. are absolute dog shit. Oh Just my god. Fucking terrible. Um I mean, how many first of all, six points. They lost fifty-one to six. That's on the surface already bad enough. Uh they also had fourteen penalties for a hundred and sixteen yards. Damn. Um they had what three, four turnovers? Three. Um they botched a snap on a punt and an extra point. Yeah. I'm laughing, sorry. I mean, and had 55 yards passing. Yeah. I they mean, are horrible. Just absolutely terrible. And and I'm going to I'm gonna steal this one from you. I'm going I'm to put my ugly as uh, Pat Narluzzi. Pat Narluzzi. Great nickname. <laughs> came up by you. I'm sure never, no one has ever said that before. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say Pat. Uh, his his post-game press conference was ugly. Oh, I didn't see it. He and and he was talking shit all week. He oh, called yeah, he out was. a couple of players. My name called out Lamont Wade. Called I out saw Lamont's Johnson. Lamont's tweet. Lamont's tweet back was incredible. Do you see me now? Oh my god, amazing. Um, but his post game presser, he he talked about. He said, "I apologize to the Pitt fans. That's not Pitt football." Guess yes, what, buddy? Is. Yeah, it is. You fucking suck. Um, <laughs> he talked about how. Uh, this isn't over, and they'll have another shot. Not once, not once did he say anything even close to give Penn State credit. They're a good football team. Like not in the you know 13 minute YouTube clip that I was able to see. Maybe he said it outwise. I bet he did. His whole tone was just like, uh, yeah, that's on us. And he made he said something about the rain a couple times of why they missed uh, field goals and and punts and whatnot. I'm like, hey, sure. buddy, 
we put up 51 in the rain. We're playing in the same goddamn conditions. Um, that stadium was so unbelievably empty. They're, I mean, this is the biggest game of the year for them, and their fans aren't even there. I don't care if it's raining. Like, support your team. So, Well, I mean, it also cleared up. I think it was at, at least pretty packed at the beginning of the game, but, man, did it clear out. I think packed is a relative term. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I'm – I don't want to get too caught up in this quote unquote rivalry because I don't really care, but man, it is fun to beat up on them after. It's after fun to watch someone who acts like they're your rival, like really get shit on. Yeah, completely, 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 completely. Um, all right. So a couple other things from this game. I, I feel like there's not like a ton to talk about. So we'll, we'll get into some of our other awards and then, and then probably wrap this one up. This might be a short, mm-hmm. short episode here, guys. Um, but a couple things to talk about um, from, from the receiving core. Um, Brandon Polk back in action, which I thought was really cool. Two catches. He had the one touchdown. Um, young kid, Mac Hippenhammer, which I think is the best name in college it's football. It's a really good name, it's Mac good Hippenhammer. Um, he had a really nice touchdown grab from, I think it was from Trace. Um, just a, a beautiful like fade to the end zone. Yes. He was just right there for it. Um, I'm excited to see this wide receiver depth as much as we talk about DeAndre and Juwan, they'll get it figured out. Um, but some of these young kids, it's, it's cool to see them get involved. We're, so. we're spreading the ball around, which is cool. I like to see that. Yeah, we saw more tight we're ends. We're not limited to, uh, to weapons here. Yeah, so we saw, let's see. A couple of tight end catches this year. Yeah, game. John Holland had two. Danny Dalton had two. Pat Fryermuth had one. Um, Any touchdowns on them? I don't think so, right? Negative. So our receiving touchdowns come from Polk, Hamler, and Hippenhammer. Um, just, just fantastic. We had the punt return touchdown. And then a couple of rushing ones from KJ and, and Trace. Uh, oh, and Mark Allen had one at the end too. So yeah, really just spreading it around, which is which is awesome to see. Um, one thing that's funny, and I kind of pride myself on like knowing the team and knowing who people are. There's so many times I look up and I'm just like, who is that guy? I don't know what number oh, yeah. that is. There's so many new fucking numbers I can't. You're keep my up. go-to with that too. And I'm not bad. Like I get a lot You're of good. them. You're good. But. Uh, the one that keeps escaping me is I think I think it's Don Johnson, great name, Johnson. but I see thirteen flying around on the defense, and I just have no idea who that is. Um, I see forty, and I think it's Jason Cabinda, but it's Jesse Lakeda instead. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of freshmen in this game. So um, we talked about how they have the the four games to play with, uh, and I think you're seeing a lot of that right now. Uh, I will say I haven't seen any like major surprises of. Kids that I don't think are like greenlit to play all season play yet. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that have played are going to play all season regardless. So it's the the Micah Parsons, the Jesse Lucada, um, PJ Mustafer in the D line. Uh, who else? Who else? Ricky Slade, obviously. Pat Fryer. I think there's like seven of them that are that are yeah. playing and and playing good reps right now. Um, so I'm interested to see these next two games because I think I think these are the games where you're going to see some of these young guys get their reps. Um, Last thing I have before we jump into our, our Big Ten awards is uh, just some of the injury news. So on the depth chart this week, Tommy Stevens listed as the Lion again uh, this week. This week he dressed. He's in uniform. It, like, do you think that's just a – I don't even know if you, if you need a diversion. Like, are, are, you, are you dressing him because you want the other team to think he might play? Or is it really just like a last ditch if you need him? I think it's go a last ditch. And maybe he's just not 100% yet, so it doesn't make sense yeah. to use him. Like on the offense, that was a really tight game, and Trace went down with an injury. Yeah. We'd rather have him in there than. Spoiler alert Sean Clifford. We'll get to him. <laughs> Hottest quarterback in the country. Best um, passer rating we've ever seen. Ever. Ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one, 
I want to say I'm worried, but I want to see the, I want to see the guy involved. Like he, you know, he made the decision to stay with Penn State, where he could have transferred. A lot of people thought he might transfer. You know, fan favorite. I, I just want to see him healthy and back there. So he's one. Um, I'm not worried just because I, I don't see that out of James Franklin. Not that kind of guy who's going to tell a kid, "Hey, we really want you to stay. We're going to use you," and then not do it. Oh no, I, I'm not implying that. I just I want to see him healthy. Like oh, you know, sure, he, was, sure. he was in the walking boot, uh, you know, coming into the season. I want to make sure he's like fully healthy. And I think I think that's the reason why he's that's being true. held out right now. Is if we don't yeah. need him, don't risk it. Um, another one, Justin Shorter, so true freshman oh, yeah. wide receiver. He actually dressed this game, so he was one that uh, was kind of banged up. Didn't didn't dress for week one. He was dressed. He's the number one wide receiver in the country based on you know most recruiting services. You're getting no help from Jawan and DeAndre. Surprised me a little bit that he didn't get really any reps. I, I, not that I, I saw anyway. Um, that must have been like a game time decision, and he just didn't feel great. Yeah, same thing. It's and then maybe that's just I don't understand like why dress a kid if you're not going to play. It, is it really just a last resort and you have someone available? But that one, I think hopefully. also in college where they carry such a bigger roster, you can have these kids like all right, game time decision. We'll wait for him. And, you know, he's, he's dressed, he's out there for warm-ups, he doesn't look great, feel great. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, and then the last one that's that's most concerning to me is Shane Simmons, uh, defensive end <clears throat> who did not dress, is not on the depth chart, and I believe was still seen in a walking boot this week. So, again, no idea what the injury is, but if he's in a walking boot still, that tells me that it's, it's probably not great. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's a damn good defensive end. Um, he's one that... I think a lot of Penn State fans kind of know the name, but they don't really know who he is because he hasn't played a ton. Uh, I think he redshirted his freshman year. Last year he played a little bit in the rotation, but we had more depth. And this year is supposed to be the year that he's kind of like a big player. He was another one at – I don't remember where he finished, but at one point ESPN had him as like the number 10 overall prospect in the country. Like He came in with a lot of hype. I think he ended up a little bit lower, but still a top 50 guy, top 100 guy. Like, yeah. A lot of promise. Um and I think when we're talking about defensive That's a guy, line, yeah, desperate to see him ready for Ohio State. Yeah, you know, yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's more precautionary than anything, and they're just not risking it. But um, I, I, like as a fan, I want to see him get at least one game in before he has to suit up for. I'm I'm going off the assumption that he'll be able to suit up for Ohio State, which is where I desperately want him. Yes, and I want to be able to see him play one game at least. Yeah, for that, so you know he's getting used to game speed. And he's just, you know, you know, he's in shape and he's, he's not rusting. Exactly. And, and I mean, if he's been in a boot for this long, I don't know how much practice he missed either at the end. So yeah, agreed. Um, if he's not in there this week, at Kent State, hopefully for Illinois, uh, he's up and ready to go. Uh, let's see. I think that's really all I got for this game. Anything else uh, you want to talk about? Anything you got? Uh, for this game, no. But for this week. This week. We got two Penn State touchdowns in the NFL this weekend. Yeah, we did. Saquon Barkley, the big 68-yarder. And then Chris Godwin, I believe his first one of his career. Yes. Um, beautiful play. Uh, I, I just I love this kid. Uh, ran a play that I don't particularly love, but that that back shoulder fade. He did it perfectly though, where that quarterback's not like lofting up the end zone, making him make a jump ball. He runs a perfect route, turns around away from the receiver, where only he's going to be able to catch the ball. And it's also a realistic target. And he also had a beautiful diving one-handed catch. For a first down. That was You're seeing gorgeous. Him finally shine. The announcers are loving him. And I'm telling you, he's going to be a big part of this offense. I am so happy you brought that up because I would have completely forgot about it. I drafted him on every fantasy team that I could just because I think he's 
I don't know if he's going to be a fantasy stud, but I think he's going to be a damn good part, part of this team, mm-hmm. like you said. Uh, the quarterback that threw he's that to him. He's going to be a fantasy sleeper. This yeah. Season, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, the quarterback that threw that to him, Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, I don't know how he he does this every year where he he's like – he gives you the most amazing performances ever. You pay him, and then he sucks again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right. It was a perfect, perfectly thrown ball. The diving catch to me was more impressive. It was – Highlight reel, top 10. Oh, yeah. um, and Godwin, I don't really remember a ton of that at Penn State. Like, he's a big body guy. He's made some tough catches, but I mean, he looked like, you know, he looked like a slot guy laying out there. It was pretty yes, cool. He did. Pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that team, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Deshaun Jackson, who had a really big day, but then got hurt at the end. I, I think they're going to find ways to get Godwin the ball. Well, and I here's the other exciting. thing is Godwin is going to be, I think, way more reliable target than Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's a guy that puts up 150 yards in one game and then gets three catches over the next five. Yeah, boomer bust, right? Yeah. Um, Chris Godwin is a game-in, game-out, every-down kind of receiver that you can throw to. And I think you're really going to see him utilized this season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Saquon's touchdown was beautiful, 68 yards to the house. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a great game outside of that, but – His team's awful. Yeah, that O-line sucked. They are playing the Jaguars, who was very great, great defense. defense. Uh, and I was talking with a friend about this, and they were talking about Saquon in particular, and they're like – when you have one big run like that, like what are your thoughts on presenting his stats without that to show how he really did in the game? And I was like, I don't think you can do that. You know, like totally unfair. Yeah, because I, I get what you're saying. You can make it as a point and say, like, hey, without that, he would have been, you know, 15 for 25. And but he had whatever. that. But he had that. And it was a score. And it was literally half of the team's points. They, yeah. they scored 15 total points. He scores seven on six, whatever. Good man. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be fine. That O line does suck, so I'm, I'm a little worried for him that he's going to be doing a little dancing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't draft him. I didn't, and like, didn't wasn't really looking to draft him very early in any leagues, just because I think that team is pretty terrible, and they're in a pretty good division. I don't think they're going to be good, and that O line is still garbage. Yeah, so good to see those guys get involved, though. Uh, Gasicki had one catch, I think. Yes, he um, did. I, I think – I don't know why they're, like, taking a slow approach. They released, like, two other tight ends on their roster. He's going to be the guy. Uh, it just might take a little while. I don't think Deshaun was in there. Yeah, I think I other offensive guys. I think that's about it for, for PSU in the NFL this week. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Allen Robinson back in a big way. Um, he had a couple of really nice grabs. New team on the Bears. Kind of forget. He, he was out all of last year yeah, with that ACL. Really good to see him healthy and, and back to form with uh, He was kind of putting Penn State back on the map in the NFL. Yeah. The season before. That is a smoke alarm. We're going to take a quick break. All right. Sorry about that. Everyone had to pause the podcast for a minute. A little bit of a smoke alarm issue here. Cooking uh, cooking some dinner. Was he cooking anything good? I didn't even see. I don't know. But uh, we have a very overactive smoke alarm in this apartment. That thing was loud. It too. is also extremely loud, yes. Do you hear that from your neighbors a lot? Um, or is it just you guys? Really. I think we're almost the only ones who either you can't hear it from apartment to apartment, or we are the only ones who set it off. The resident bad boys. All right, well, let's jump back into <laughs> it. Uh, we talked a little bit NFL. One thing I forgot about from this game that I do want to talk about here to finish up, and then we'll get into our Big Ten awards. Is there's some uh, there's some chatter on on James Franklin going around. So if you remember last year, he got some flack for calling a timeout against Georgia State when we were up fifty six to nothing. Uh, trying to ice the kicker, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So this week he's getting some getting some stuff for quote unquote running up the score, and uh, he also challenged a fumble with a minute left when we were up fifty one to six. What's your take? Um, I love it. First of all, uh, as far as running up the score goes, yeah. How much shit are you gonna talk before like 
before running up the score is okay. It's one of the you want to call this a rivalry. You want to like talk shit about his players, not just him, his players, kids. He yeah, he has the right to run up the score on you. Not only the right, but the obligation. Like absolutely, that is, I am so happy that he did that. I loved seeing that because not only that, but two, dude, the college football playoff, the the way that you win a game matters, right? Yeah, you win a game 100%. by two points versus you win a game by sixty. Committee's gonna look at that. I mean, look at the fact that we moved down three spots after winning our first game. Yeah, so I love it. I think it's amazing. They asked Narduzzi and uh, Narluzzi in his uh, press conference. They asked something about that, and his response was, "I only coach Pitt. I don't coach the other team." That's he's gonna sleep at night. Something to that effect. Yeah, and I was like, "You're a fucking." Loser. I'm sure he's sleeping like a baby, right? Oh god. So and I, as the challenging the fumble, honestly, I think it's a thing with James Franklin. He demands perfection from his team. Because you saw not only with that fumble, but uh, he was screaming at one of his players with like two minutes left in the game, like having a, a a moment on the field there, and it's up, you know, forty five points. Yeah, he demands perfection every second of every game, and I, you know, I like that. It's part of the reason we win. It's part of the reason we have the culture that we have on this team. And it's going to rub some people the wrong way every once in a while. If he's rubbing people the wrong way once a season during a big win, I'm okay with that for, you know, Big Ten championships, chances of the college football playoff, and chances at a national championship. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on that. And I think uh, it's funny. I saw one tweet. Uh, someone said, James Franklin is the coach that if he's yours, you love him. But if he's not, you hate him. And yeah. I never I never really thought about that before. But Oh, I've always thought he was I could kind of see like it. That. I could kind of see it. Um but yeah, I thought it was great, and and his his like rationale always is he coaches till the final whistle. Always like no lead is too big, uh, no lead is too comfortable. And I mean the Georgia State one last year, he said like they didn't have the right personnel, and he wanted his team to get a good rep and preserve the shutout because that was important to his defense. Like here, you're challenging a fumble, like that's probably important. If the kid didn't really fumble for the confidence of him, for yeah. the confidence of your offense, like yes, we're probably rationalizing a little bit because we're biased, but I don't think that's that far off from like the truth of his decisions. Well, yeah, I would definitely hate that if someone did it to us, but yeah. as far as I, he's creating a culture on his team of demanding perfection. Yeah. And that's I, what he wants out of his kids. And I mean, you know, that's what the reason he gets so much out of them. I think I'm very okay with it. Um, I'm very happy this happened. I think we needed it. And, and I hope the next two games are, are blowouts. Like, like I said, you, you see teams like Ohio state hanging 50, 60, 70 points, Michigan, Alabama, like these teams do that on a regular basis. No one ever complains because that's the expectation for a top yeah. team. Like if we want to be in that echelon, then this is we what have we have to do. do. That. Yep. So love it there. All right, let's wrap up. Um, we're going to do our Big Ten Awards. So every week you guys will get a Big Ten baller, someone in the Big Ten that would just went off, had a great week, uh, and then a Big Ten bozo, either a team or a player who just really, really fucked it up. Uh, so, Pat, give me your Big Ten baller of the week. Got to go with Jonathan Taylor. Dude put up 253 yards rushing. Jesus. Three touchdowns. And so I'm, I don't need to tell you what amazing, how amazing that is stat-wise, but here's what uh, you're looking into a little bit, what you also love, 33 carries. Wow. That's a kid who can carry an entire team. Um, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you got to like that going forward. Man, is that an impressive Stat yeah, Wisconsin pulls out the W, 45-14 to 14 over New Mexico. So, I mean, he's got 21 of their 45 points. 
yeah, 253 on 33 carries. It's over seven yards a carry. Uh, okay. I didn't watch the game. I'm sure he had some some crazy big ones that inflate that. One that went for 40, 43, I think. Yeah, he's a special talent. He's only a sophomore, I believe, right? Like true sophomore? Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah, I think he was a true freshman last year. Uh, I could be wrong, but yeah, um, really, really impressive stuff from there. There's some options for me for Big Ten baller. There, there were definitely some good games. Um, Maryland had a, had a really good game, one forty-five to fourteen. Um, you know, we talk Ohio State, of course. Dwayne Haskins looks like the real deal out there. Um, what kills me is they like they brought in Tate Martell, the backup, and he crushed it too. Um, but I'm not going to give it to those guys because I could give it to them literally every week. So my Big Ten baller is actually coming from your Penn State Nittany Lions. Yes. Sean Clifford, yes. the best quarterback in the country. This guy comes Absolutely. in. This guy comes in for one only play. throws touchdowns. Only. He's one for one. And then this is this is when they quote unquote ran it up. Clifford comes in. He, he is like a blue chip prospect, elite 11 guy, like top quarterback. Hasn't touched the field really. Um Throws up a beautiful, just beautiful Perfect corner pass. route to Brandon Polk in the end zone. Splits two defenders, one for one, 34 yards with a touchdown. I believe his quarterback rating is a 715 from that play. Yes. So this kid throws touchdowns 100 percent of the time. <laughs> That's what happens when Listen, he's on the field. It's. I mean, the stats don't lie. There are numbers out there. They don't <laughs> lie. I just. I, I could pick a lot of guys, but that was just fun. That was so fun to I see him. It. And like he was about to get laid out too. He took a pretty good hit. Yeah. Stood in there. So made he was about to get laid great. instead. <laughs> Sean Clifford. Um, From yeah. this segment on this podcast, he's getting laid. I hope so, man. Just wrap it up, dude. Just wrap <laughs> it up. Um, yeah, really fun to see though. So yes, a lot of good things in the Big Ten, but a lot of bad things in the Big Ten this week too. So. We talked about the first week, some, you know, pretty impressive wins. I think we only had the one loss in Michigan, if you take away the the head-to-head that we had. Um, but this week, Northwestern loses to Duke. Purdue loses to Eastern Michigan. Nebraska loses to Colorado. Iowa only beats Iowa State 13-3. Um, just some ugly games out there. So who's your who's your Big Ten bozo of the week? The one loss you didn't mention because you knew. See what I did there? Michigan State. Dropping 13 to 6, 16, 16 to 13, 13 against Arizona, Arizona State. State and our guy, Herm Edwards. You play to win the, the game. game. And let me tell you, Michigan State did. Um, they played a pretty horrible game. They got down inside the 10 yard line, I think, three times and only got three points out of it. Oh my God. Yeah. That's disgusting. Um, and just after, you know, a bad week one where they beat a bad team very slimly. You're like, all right, maybe it's going to be like us. They come out and show who they are the second week. Man, they didn't. Or maybe they did. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. I think I think maybe they did show us who they are. Arizona State, not a ranked team. Really unimpressive. You got to – and this is where they rank 15 coming into the season. And now they are 1-1 one one with an extremely unimpressive win. What I think is crazy is bozos. Yeah, very much bozos. Uh, Good call on that. And guys, I'm a host. I purposely left that one out. Uh, What I think is crazy is uh, I'm pretty sure they're ranked number 25 in the AP poll right now, which I don't know how. Like, I mean, you you have an unimpressive win and then you have a loss. I don't know how they're still in there. I think it's more name brand recognition than anything. And like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to throw stones. Those in glass houses, right? We had a tough week one, but when we took care, of we it took care too. of it. We came back. So they just yeah. did not. Michigan State, you're a bunch of fucking bozos. 
Um, all right, my Big Ten bozo of the week, uh, and I actually don't know the guy's name. I should probably look this up. But it's the dude from Nebraska who single-handedly blew the game for them. Um, so I'm going to get some of these like details wrong, but it's, it's about the context. So Nebraska's up 28-27, I think it is. Uh, end of the game, Colorado is, is trying to put together a game-winning drive. They get to something like a third and – 30 something. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was a long third down. Um, they weren't going to convert for the first, but they needed to get a good chunk of it, even to be in field goal range. So the play happens, they get, I forget however many yards and the dude from Nebraska, just a stupid, stupid, could have been targeting. They didn't call it targeting, but just a stupid, unnecessary roughness penalty puts them 15 yards ahead. Now, number one, they're in field goal range. Guess what? Colorado whips their nuts out, throws it up, touchdown they win 33 28 so dude on nebraska who like you didn't need to do that like you were trying to be a tough guy you were trying to be a hard out to win the game you are my big 10 bozo of the week fun stuff man um yeah big 10 interesting week definitely um like i said i think uh michigan showed us a little bit who they are 49 to 3 over western michigan uh, yeah. Ohio State rolled fifty-two to three over Rutgers. So, awesome. I, I think you're, yeah, I think you're going to see between Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. You're going to see four pretty good teams in this yeah. in this you, conference. You got to think Michigan State sort of drops out of the, the conversation unless they start doing some real impressive stuff. And that's um, that, that's the crazy thing is like you know we all play each other, so you know Michigan State pulls out a couple of wins. I don't know what their schedule looks like, but if they were to yeah. take down a Wisconsin or an Ohio State or even a Michigan, yeah, any combination of us, Michigan. Uh, Ohio State. Yeah. They definitely play. Anything is possible, but bozos for now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's a wrap. Penn State, two and oh. Uh feeling good. We we have Kent State at home this week. Yes. Yeah. I think. Do you think we're going to Kent State? Maybe. <laughs> that was a really dumb it's <laughs> a really dumb assumption on my point. Sorry. Um we open up and, and we'll talk more about this on the preview, but as a betting man, uh, if you saw my best bets last week, we did pretty well. Penn State mm-hmm. over 29 was the easiest money I've ever made in my life. Um, the over cash, the over for the game was 52. So we were at 44 to 6. We're at 50. And I'm like, damn, I just need a field goal. Sean Clifford comes in. I'm like, hey, we're in field goal range. This is going to be great. And he says, nope. Boom. Don't gonna, think so. You need three. I'm going to give you seven. Uh, so that cashed. And, and PSU clearly easily covers the eight and a half point oh, spread. The big overreaction spread is what that was. Yep. So Vegas is back to an overreaction. We open up as 35 point favorites, which I will be very honest on. I am uh, I'm staying away from right now. I, I don't bet any any spreads that big. It's just, it's, yeah, it, it's pretty insane. Um, not that I don't think we'll, we'll cover it, because I think, I think another like 45, nothing is doable. Absolutely. We, but... We probably should cover that, and I think we will. Right. But I won't bet it. I'm not going to. I'm going to wait. Uh, I'll probably check it uh, a little bit later in the week, and, and we'll give you guys an update on our, our preview. Um, but, again, that's one where our predictions for this pit game, kudos to us, by the way. We weren't that far off. Um, what was yours? I think you were I like – I think said 35-10. I think you were 45-10. 45-10? I think right? so. So you, you, had, you, had the defensive, you had the defensive number pretty damn close, about yeah. 10. I had 52 to 24, so I had the offensive number. You put us together, it's pretty darn good. Got it, baby. Uh, so, yeah, more to come on the Kent State preview, but like I said at the beginning, this is you, you feel good as a Penn State fan finishing oh. this week. Um, I think we've got some momentum. There's definitely some things to correct, but all in all, we're 2 0, still undefeated, going to Kent State. Just kidding. Uh, they're coming home, coming home to us in front of the home crowd. Uh, Pat, state of Kent. 
Is, is Kent even a state? Probably not. It's uh, a place in England. Oh, okay. See, we're learning. Not, <laughs> you, you come here for the jokes. You come here for the stats, but then you, you also learn, learn. You learn about English geography. All right. That's it for us this week, Pat. Any last words for the fans? I don't got anything. Thanks for following us. As always, check us out on social media. No names, all game. Podcasts available. iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can listen. We are.